Oh, man. Gonna be a good one. <laughs> Sitting here with Mr. Connor VB. How do you like that intro music? It's uh, it's exactly what I expect on a podcast. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it's called it. Jazz Hop. <laughs> I, uh, I, Not I, a genre I'm familiar with. Did you write with, that? Uh, no. <laughs> I would like to take credit, but this is being recorded, so no. Just no. No, that was, that was five minutes before we recorded our first episode. I was ruthlessly searching royalty-free <laughs> intro music. <laughs> and, so uh, to whoever wrote that, well done. <laughs> Next time, dude, I'll just bring my own music. All right. I, I like write it. stuff on the side. Do you? No. Okay. Well, but I will for you. You should try it. I think yeah. that would be great. Well, welcome we'll to the. We'll introduce it on your podcast. Okay? Perfect. We'll leave mine clean, but I'll put it on yours. And then we'll Perfect. bring juice for you. I love it, dude. And this will be great. I'll make it. Okay. Well, welcome to the Snipe Hunt. I'm Joey Wright. I'm Logan Miller. Uh, we don't have Ryan Weiss with us today, which is a little bit sad. I asked know. him not to come. Well, you got a drop for that? What? trombone or something oh yeah <laughs> Sorry, i'm still getting settled in over here apologies apologies but today we have uh connor van buskirk with us connor has been uh well tell us a little about yourself how long have you been in st louis give people a little background history they'll probably know you from vb's your coffee shop or chocolate 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 or now upshot and we'll get to all that but give us a little just a brief history it'll probably get boring and i'll cut you off yeah, I mean, it's not really that interesting. I was born in Colorado, did some time in Iowa, and then grew up in... Uh, when you say did some time. I did two years there in Orange City and Des Moines, <laughs> and I, I got to be honest, I don't remember any of it, so... In Gen Pop, or when you say you did well, time? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I was Gen Pop. <laughs> okay. I remember there was like a uh, like a Dutch festival that I wore. Everyone in the town put... That's actually the one fond memory that I actually have, is they had this like, I don't know, Dutch festival every year. I think it was Orange City. And everyone in the town put on like wooden clogs hmm. and did this whole parade deal. I'm probably remembering it completely wrong. Sounds like a dream. But it was, uh, yeah. I remember as a kid, as far as stuff to do in Iowa, that was at the top of the list of things available to me. <laughs> Sounds like a weird claymation Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer era dream. I kind guarantee of thing. you it's still going on too. And in fact, I'm going to take my kids back there one day when they're old enough to be horrified by it, which okay. is now. One year from now. Let's do a snipe hunt from the Dutch festival. We have to figure out when it is, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we can Google it. Yeah, surely. I'm not going to, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not either. Yeah. Anyway, Uh, anyway, so we did that, uh, and then my dad got transferred to uh, Principia College in Elsa, Illinois, and he got a job to run their cafeteria for all their students. It's a private Christian science school up on the bluffs in Elsa, Illinois. So we moved to Elsa, and I was in Elsa from... I don't know, the age of five until I got out at 17 and went to college. Wait, is and then Elsa, I came over to St. Louis. Is Elsa like by Alton? Yeah. Okay. It's right between Alton and Grafton. It's this little, it's actually incredibly beautiful. I love going there now that I don't right. live there. But it's this little historical town right it's off like, the river road. It goes right up, like yep. straight up the hill, yeah. Is it's this gorgeous. Alton's where you and I and David and Scotty went to the... Local bar? Yes. Yeah, the infamous. <laughs> we were on a retreat, and we took a night and just kind of wanted to see the town, went to this local bar. And the thing that stands out the most is that as we got to the bar, we sat down and kind of just taken in what it looks like to be a local there. And there was a guy that came in wearing a, a Tupac shirt. That's mine. I mean, full <laughs> shirt. I'm a from, huge Tupac <clears throat> fan. I oh, yeah. like Tupac, too. 
but I didn't like it on this guy. So this dude came in and just turned around and looked out the window and stood there for the 30 minutes we were there. Yeah. It was very unsettling. Yeah, that sums up high school. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was an interesting thing because, like, all my childhood, they bussed me over to town and country to go to Principia School, private school, all the way through eighth grade. And then in high school, I didn't get invited back to Prin for uh, whatever reason. I still don't really know. But I didn't mm. get invited back, so then I went to public school for those four years in Jerseyville, Illinois. And uh, I actually preferred it to private school, but it was quite a culture shift. I will say that. I bet if we went through the list of shenanigans you did, we could come up with the reason you weren't invited back. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't invited back in second grade, too, so <laughs> I think it was an inside job. Got, got an early start there. Yeah. Had so a, that, uh, that's mild. the other funny thing. I didn't get invited back after second grade, so I did third grade at Dow, Dow Elementary, and then I went back to Prince fourth through eighth, and then went back to Jerseyville. What did you do during third grade? I, I don't know. Should we go I've through? I've actually your... asked my mom, like, what did I do to not get invited back in second grade? Because yeah. I don't rem- wow. really remember any of my childhood. Right. I've pretty much blocked everything out. So I always have to ask people, and and unfortunately, everyone in my life has also blocked out my memories. (laughs) (laughs) So fast forward so that we don't get into your preschool years. Fast forward to um, when I first met you, this would have been probably 2000, maybe eight or nine, um, through a a mutual friend named Freddie, but you were uh, the owner of a couple of chocolate, chocolate, chocolate shops, correct? Correct. So what is chocolate, chocolate, chocolate? We, it's a traditional candy store, so we bought a couple franchises. It's a St. Louis-based company. My wife's mom had worked for them for, I don't know, 20 years or something like that. Before that, she worked for Mavrocco's, which was another St. Louis chocolate institution. And uh, so we, we bought that just because we had nothing else to do. And she was like, well, if you want to buy it, I'll work for free and teach you. And I was like, all right, because I always want to own my own business. Um, so we bought that franchise open in Deerberg's on Mid-Rivers and – you know, went from one to four locations of that. That's such an uninspiring story, considering <laughs> considering that I've been to your place of work, though, and watched you down there like Willy Wonka, like coming up with new flavors. and. Well, but that's a am- different thing, right? It, it started at Chocolate Chocolate. So the first five years that we owned that, you know, I grew up from one to four locations. So there's a lot of business stuff happening on the back end to make that growth happen. Right. And then... But when in that process did you kind of... You obviously at some point developed a real kind of passion for creating flavors and doing that stuff because it doesn't sound like it started there. It sounded like it started like you wanted to own a business. I just wanted to own a business, make money, open a bunch of them, and Mm -hmm. whatever. I had this impression that that's what I was going to do. And uh, after doing that, I got really bored with it, and I decided that instead of just continually stocking the shelves and doing what it is that a franchisee does, which, I mean, we make clusters, we make bark, we make chocolate-covered strawberries. We, we make stuff in our kitchen, but it's essentially coating things. So all the creation, all the truffles, caramels, all of that stuff happens at the franchising company down the hill. And so, like, I didn't even know. I mean, I've been selling them for five years. I had no idea what made a truffle. I, you know, I didn't even know how to make a truffle. I didn't know what was in a caramel. I didn't wow. know... Any of these things. So, you know, when I really decided that I was interested in the creative side of chocolate, which kind of snuck up on me, then I started teaching myself everything about how to make truffles and how to make caramels. And, you know, part of that was just wanting to understand what I was selling so I could be better at business because I felt like if I understood my product better, that would help. And then through that, 
I fig- figured out that there was a lot of ideas I had that I could start to put into play right. that weren't going to fit into the franchise model. So that's, you know, we messed around with that for a while. And uh, I just taught myself in the back of Chocolate Chocolate based off some cooking books from Amazon. Well, I've, I've been glad you have. There's been many times I've gone in and you've, you know, posted up and said, you have to try this yeah. thing I just made. And they're always just delectable, but couldn't probably even describe the flavors. Um, so I'm just curious, have you ever made one that you took a bite of and you just were like, I'm never telling anybody about this. It's terrible. I mean, uh, hundreds of them. Oh. I mean, especially those first couple of years, you know, you get real excited. And I think kind of what a lot of people do, and I certainly did, is, you know, if you've been selling nothing but a vanilla caramel and a raspberry cream for the last five years and you see what people are doing with food then you immediately like your first inclination to create your own thing is to throw every crazy ingredient you can possibly find and try to make it cool so i would say the first couple years was a lot of just taking every ingredient that had never been able to use and trying to make it cool and although it was cool that i was able to make all that work in a chocolate it wasn't necessarily the best tasting thing ever Mm. so there's a lot of like I was super excited because I was really passionate about all these things, but looking back, it wasn't necessarily the best thing to put in your mouth. Hmm. Well, I remember the first, like the opening of VBs, and you had that pear and goat cheese oh, yeah. truffle, and I had never heard of that. Did you ever have one of those? Uh, I don't know. You did. did. I brought some to soccer. Yep. I sure. Oh yes. They I had sure the did. green. Oh, they were yeah. like so amazing. Oh, yeah. So amazing. Yeah. Very, very good. So, um, and we could probably camp there for the next hour because we're fascinated by this. But let's move forward a little bit. So you then opened up VBs. Yep. We uh, we took all the things we wanted to do with chocolate and we put them in a, in a building that we thought we could kind of gather a bunch of people that wanted to try different things. Kind of in a historic. Me, yeah, it's a historic downtown. We bought a building. We gut rehabbed it. Um, you know, at the time we were all living in, St. Charles, St. Peter's, which some of us still are. Some of us have been able to leave. But we were trying to create a place that wasn't just a... Uh, you been know. able to leave. <laughs> some, some of us have been able to leave. Others are still here. And we're extremely uh, passionate about St. Charles and the suburbs. So you're going to hear us be passionate about that here on this podcast. Right. There we go. But anyway, there we go. so what we wanted to create, because I think one of the things that can make the suburbs hard for younger people or just people that like interesting things is at that time, 10 years ago... You know, St. Charles was a lot of strip malls and Mm -hmm. a lot of chains. And whether that's what the people wanted or that was just, you know, what had been here so far, what we found was a lot of our friends were leaving St. Charles to go to the city to do fun things, which Mm -hmm. is still, you know, we all want to get out of St. Charles and do something new. But we also want to create a spot where we can kind of have people gather and kind of create some kind of culture and community out here outside of a Starbucks or a Breadco or a McDonald's or, you know, the 47th QT. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we added, you know, a bar because I thought, you know, one of the weaknesses with the chocolate business is that it's all seasonal. So you pretty much make all your money during Valentine's Day, Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day. You know, that's really it. And so the President's rest of the year. Day. Yeah. Yeah. President's Day is Arbor huge. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harbor, Harbor Day. Uh, so when we decided to create our own deal, we wanted to have coffee and alcohol be a part of it so that we would have a consistent one. I thought that was a backdoor way to get people to try truffles that would never just walk into a high end chocolate store. Cause our truffles and our caramels, nothing about it was 
economical. I mean, it was high-end stuff. It cost a lot of money to make it, and the prices were high. Right. So I knew that if we were going to expose people to chocolate, then we were going to have to give them other reasons to come in. Or mm-hmm. That's what I felt. So we did the full bar, and that brought a lot of people in and got a lot of truffles to be tasted that would have otherwise never been tasted. We did coffee because, you know, coffee was a lot like chocolate at that time where people were starting to really discover single origins and roasting to understand that bean versus just dump it into a flavored latte. So those things worked really well together and coffee and alcohol are just, you know, pretty much everyday solid businesses that could complement what we were doing with chocolate. Yeah, you had, I had, I don't remember who you were talking to the other day, maybe it was at a, our sons play together on an indoor soccer team right now. Um, but you were talking to somebody about, you had people that would come in to do work, but over time this has evolved because it was successful in creating that community vibe that you now have people to say, if I have to do work, I just, I, that's not the place to go anymore because I, I see everybody I know, which is great. And people love being able to interact and <clears throat> have a community, but it's actually for those people that were using it as their, you know, internet monastery, they've had to actually probably not go there for that. And they only go there for the community aspect of it. Cause that probably yeah. wasn't initially what you Well, we've created like this small little place where over the last, I don't know, eight years, mm-hmm. um, We've just combined a lot of interesting people into one space, and a lot of people really look forward to seeing our employees, seeing me, experiencing what we have to offer. Yeah. You know, a lot of people had meetings there due to early people like Freddie that took every meeting at Upshot, mm-hmm. exposed a ton of people to it. We, I mean, the reason we were successful early on was because... Well, it was VBs at the time. It was VBs at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of the reason we were successful early on was that so many people that knew a lot of people had meetings there and exposed them to it. Cause we're hidden. We're not even on the main street in Cottleville, which is kind of yeah, hilarious anyway, because there's not, I mean, there's highway end that goes between these two areas. It's not an easy town to get to. And then we don't really have any road frontage. So you kind of had to know we were there. Yeah. Um, so we depended on our customers to spread that word. We still do. Um, but it was a, it was a fascinating thing where all those people that, you know, were looking for something like this started to coalesce at our door and I tend to find the people that hang out at Upshot fairly interesting. So we've yeah. made a lot of friendships out of that. It's been cool. I, so I, I still take people there to this day and, and have new meetings there. And I was having one probably a week or two ago. Um, and this person said, because I walked in and I knew like five people. And I'm like shaking hands, saying, what's up, what's up? And they're like, wow, you really know everybody here. And I was like, yeah, you don't really know the half of it. Because this used to be my <laughs> office essentially with Freddie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we would close this place down. And I was like, I, I feel like I don't know enough people now. Because even back in the day, I knew literally everybody. Oh, yeah. And now, you know, I moved to the city, as you were talking about. So so fast forward, um, was it a year ago? About a year ago? Not sp- quite a year ago. I think it was June of 2019. We transitioned to being Upshot Coffee. And we also started another company called Beats and Bones that sells. Same location. Same location. Total uh, interior redesign. We, we got rid of the bar, um, and we committed just doing coffee. Part of that was to simplify my schedule. There was something extremely stressful about being open from 7 a.m. until 1 a.m. and closing down the bar until 3, and then waking back up at 6. Mm-hmm. And we had three hours where something maybe didn't go wrong. The rest of the time, we were on the hook. So part of it was just the coffee fit into what I wanted my lifestyle to be a lot better than what the bar was going to require of me. Yeah. So we made that decision because I just felt like I, I got to this point after a couple of years of just being overwhelmed where I really was like, well, we got to pick one and commit to it. 
And so we picked the coffee side, committed to that. And at that time, I had a, a good buddy come to me and say that he wanted to do cold-pressed juice and bone broth. And that fit our transition really nicely because it gave us a bunch of products that we could put in our fridges. It didn't tax the barista at all, so it's efficient. And it also brought in a bunch of customers that are health-minded, <clears throat> which pair naturally with single-origin dark, you know, right. single-origin light roasted coffee. Right. You know, because a lot of those people that aren't taking in a bunch of excess processed foods and are paying attention to their diet generally are, are black coffee drinkers also. So right. for the layman like myself, quick overview, what is bone broth? So it's where we take bones and vegetables and we simmer them for three days on average. And it essentially pulls all the marrow, collagen, everything out of those bones. It's how we used to make soup broth. So we used to get it inadvertently all the time because that was the way everything was cooked back in the day was you had these stocks that were the basis of every sauce, every soup, all of these things. So we naturally got this stuff. And then, I don't know whether it was 15 or 20 years ago when Cisco started selling you a bag of, you know, their soup stock that has chemicals and salts and water, you know, and it is really cheap and can last forever. You know, when something can sit on a grocery store shelf for three months and not go bad. Right. That's generally a sign there's not a lot of natural stuff in it. Yeah. So that there was kind of a transition to where we kind of went to bouillon cubes and we went to all these other things that made it much simpler for our parents to make soup, but it also took a lot of the nutrients out of what we were drinking. So there's kind of been a push, you know, over the last few years of getting bone broth back in because you can sip on it and enjoy it. I mean, we build ours up with turmeric lemon. Uh, We make it an incredibly tasty beverage. It's a great meal supplement. Gives you a ton of amino acids. It gives you a bunch of collagen your body needs. Um, And it has got protein and it tastes good on top of it. Hmm. So it's it's a key part of our diet that we can implement. And whether you, we sell it frozen in our freezer too. So you can buy a pint or a quart or 64 ounces. You can take it home and you can throw some fresh veggies in it and make your own little soup at home and get this incredible meal for your kids. It's simple, it's easy, and it's extremely healthy. Yeah. So swing on down to Upshot. Come to Upshot, grab some uh, bone broth, grab some cold-pressed <laughs> juice, grab a coffee. So that's the bone broth. What about the... Uh, that was the wrong button. That's all right. To get the applause. You get it. You get it. So what about the other side, the beets part? So the cold-pressed juice... Um, is all organic bottled in glass and that is a way to get a ton of nutrients in a quick simple way so you know one of the things i hear people argue about all the time when it comes to cold pressed juice is well it can't be the only way to get your vegetables because you're not getting fiber you're not getting all these other things that are pulled down that extraction and my response to that would be it's not really meant to be your entire diet it's meant to when you need to get a lot of nutrients in a simple way it's a supplement to your diet. That's the way I use it. I drink a juice every day. I drink a bone broth every day. They're part of my diet. But I also eat, you know, vegetables that are steamed or raw. I eat smoothies that are full of good stuff that's blended together. I have ribeyes and quinoa and all these other things. So what we're trying to do is not necessarily say you've got to have nothing but juice and broth in your diet and you'll be the healthiest person in the world. It's more of, yeah. you know, we struggle in the modern world to eat things that aren't completely processed Mm -hmm. so these are ways to supplement your diet get yourself a ton of nutrients in a quick amount of time in an easy on the way grab and go con concept and uh it's incredible for you i mean i me and nick started nick zotos is my partner in beats and bones we started that 
I think it was a little over two years ago. We didn't launch it until a year ago, but when I started juicing two years ago and started to make broth at home and, and really focus on that, and then I got a lot more active in my lifestyle, started training for triathlons and just totally changed my life when we decided to roll over all the stress from VBs and go to this new concept. And I haven't been sick in over two years. Oh, wow. I mean, I just, if you eat somewhat healthy, and that's not to say I don't enjoy a burger and fries. I, you know, I ate pizza at Union Loafers this weekend. Like I enjoy so good. good things, um, but I, you know, 80, 90% of my diet is healthy things. Mm. And I get to spoil myself. And through that, I'm more productive because I'm not sick. I don't take sick days. I generally feel good and I can get my workouts in and it's made me a much happier person. So that brings us to uh, what you walked in with. This looks like a <laughs> bottle of moonshine. So I brought you guys uh, something, one of my favorite things to drink, which you know, you're going to hate, which is why I brought it because I wanted good. to get this on the air. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to let you guys drink it and then you can tell me what it is. Well, let me give you a, a sniff test here. Is it real? That's my yeah, first absolutely. question. This is something this you is, do sell. This Woo! is part of something that it is being sold like... right now as a component to a toast. We're doing it upshot. A component to a toast? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Like you're supposed I'll to pour it on it toast? Don't you worry about that. It smells like fish. It's got a it's formidable There's no scent. fish in there. Are there fish eggs? There's no no meat products all right, whatsoever. All right, all right. Let's just let's just do it together. Let's just do it together. Right. Come on, I just drank eight ounces of this on my way here. <coughs> wow. <laughs> Hello. What? Hold on, let me before we let me get one more of those. So, do you guys eat a lot of fermented foods? No. Do you get a lot of probiotics? Is that what they taste like? Yeah. Definitely not. It's a fermentation. So one of the things that is my favorite thing in the world and where I really want to push up shot and beats and bones and go into the future <coughs> is fermentation. Yeah. Cause that's another huge part of my diet is I eat a lot of fermented foods and I think that's at least 50% of the reason I don't get sick anymore. So just to be clear, when you walked up, I thought you've brought us a gift. I did. <laughs> I brought you the gift you of gut health. Us. <laughs> gut health. You intentionally sniped us. So is that fermented beets? So that what you're drinking right there is fermented pineapple and cabbage. So it's our mm. it's our kraut addition to our pastrami toast. We do it upshot. Why is it so, purple? Because it's red cabbage. Red cabbage. Yep. Okay. We used red cabbage in this. So it's essentially water, cabbage, sea salt, and pineapple. They're all cut up, cleaned, <laughs> thrown together in a 20-gallon container. This is all making sense. When you first poured these and you poured me just the, the most quaint size yeah. glass i thought wow he's really being stingy with that stuff no i knew you no, wouldn't drink it i don't want to waste it because i will drink do you want it. this back surely no, nothing can possibly it. grow in that oh there's a lot of things growing in that which is why it's so good for you <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like it would kill anything it, it does won't kill you but it will make you significantly healthier it tastes like you could put it on a cockroach and it would shrivel it, away and it, it has kind of a dill I'm not pickle opposed to eating cockroaches either i mean that's something i'm open to have you ever chocolate a cockroach no but i would i you was more, more worried that in in the uh saint charles health code yeah they would frown upon putting cockroaches <laughs> this down could be the chocolate belt like your wow. willy wonka golden ticket thing just in all your boxes of chocolates, there's two chocolate cockroaches, 
And if you find that, then you get a free glass of this stuff. We ran that promotion twice accidentally. <laughs> no way. That's not true. <laughs> now, okay, so. There was no winner. There was just, uh, you know, me Everybody apologizing lost. profusely. Everybody lost on that? <laughs> we accidentally ran that promotion too, so. That's amazing. So uh, there's a story that I recall from the early days of VB, and I don't know if there's any legality in talking about this, but you... <laughs> what an opener. <laughs> well, I'm trying to leave a leave an escape path open. We had cameras here. everywhere. Cameras <clears throat> everywhere. So there was an employee who stole some stuff. Oh, yeah. And it ended up at a rental property that you had, or near a rental property that you had in North County. North County. Now... Yeah, so... I don't know how much this finish telling what you know about the story. Well, I just heard about, you know, a a tracking of the GPS. I heard about the potential of a baseball bat being a part of this equation. But one thing I love about you is that you are just a no BS dude. And this story I feel like encapsulates that so well. Yeah, so what happened was when we first opened, uh my bar manager Lisa had a longtime family friend that, you know, had been addicted to drugs. And it, it was heroin, it was meth, it was hard drugs. It wasn't like, oh, I smoke too much pot, mommy's mad, my ACT's low. It was, no, it was like living underneath a bridge on right, heroin, right. selling yourself to get more heroin type of deal. And she'd been to rehab, and you know she was trying to put her life back together, and so Lisa gave her a job as a bar back at VB's early, it was really early on, it was probably the first three months we were open. And so, you know, when she was there, she seemed fine initially, and she was a really sweet girl. Like, you know, she was great to our kids when we'd bring them in. Right. She was great to us. Like, on the surface, she seemed great. Um, but then we started to notice that things were going missing. And, you know, I had cameras everywhere. So, you know, I think it was Thanksgiving Day. I came back in after we were closed that day, which was a, would have been a Thursday. I came back in Friday, and we're like two iPads and 400 boxes just gone. Because we used to keep the iPads up, unlocked. You know, we'd keep the the banks in the drawer. We'd do the night drop, but we'd have all of that stuff unlocked right. um, up top. But I come in and, you know, two of our POS systems are gone and a bunch of money. And I was like, all right, well, let's go back and uh, look at the video. So we go back and we look at the video and we figure out that this sweet girl that will go unnamed uh, for a while now, we accomplished a greatest hits on a CD for the cops. Mm. And I actually watched this with the cops and, you know, I'm not going to say that they laughed hysterically at the whole deal, For but sure. I definitely laughed hysterically because the greatest hits of this chick breaking in were incredible. So she, what she would do is she would close the bar at night, but she'd leave a window unlocked in the bar bathroom. And so then she would go home, we'd close the whole place down, and then you could see the headlights pull up behind the bar, and you would know she's about ready to come climbing through that window. So obviously we didn't have a we didn't have a camera in the bathroom. Right, right. We had a camera that shot towards the bathroom that would see the, you know, the entire common area. So you would see her walk out of the bathroom. And the odd thing was every time that she broke in, she was never wearing pants. So she would be wearing a pair of boots, underwear with no pants or shorts <laughs> and, then a, and, then a, and then a cardigan sweater now every here's, time. Here's wow. the I can understand one time. I can understand. Every time. Yeah. This but is like can? three times that we found where she would if break If you were going to break in, would you ever, ever say, I better go pantless? Well, there's no river long enough that doesn't contain a bed. But I can say that that wouldn't become a habitual thing for me. Have you been on heroin for months at a time? That hasn't been habitual either, no. That's, that, you know, I think you'd have to do heroin for a while to figure out the mindset of what you got to do when you're on heroin. Had to shoot you a quick look on the, what? what? I'm sorry. Come again? 
Well, yeah. So, so yeah, so she, she breaks would break in, in pantless. and she did would, they come up with a name for her like the the pantless burglar? Or I'm sure we did, but I'm probably don't want to say it on this podcast. Okay, <laughs> probably good. <laughs> but so so then she would do the same thing every time. She would walk over to the bar, she'd flip the light on in the bar, and then look up at the camera. <laughs> Like, I was like, dude, you can't make this up. She'd go through the drawer, turn on the iPad, steal some stuff. And then, you know, the cameras would catch her running across from the bar side to the coffee side. And she'd go behind there, turn the light on, smile at the camera, take whatever she was going to take. And then she would go downstairs. And this was the other funny part is then she would go downstairs to where our our liquor and our alcohol was in the walk-in cooler of the office. And she would grab like one six-pack of beer. Right. There's like thousands of money. dollars of thousands. Stuff. Of, I mean, I would sit on ten or fifteen thousand dollars worth of alcohol inventory. Well, she didn't want to be greedy at a, at a time, and yeah. so, and, but she would always just you'd see her running back pantless, holding <laughs> a six pack of probably our worst craft beer. It wouldn't even be the good stuff. <laughs> right, right. With a pocket full of money. Well, not a pocket. She'd be holding the money because she couldn't fit in her panties. No I pocket. Guess. And she would yeah. just climb back out that window and leave. How many times do you, did this happen? Three that I found on tape, and the third time was when she stole the iPads and more money to where it was really noticeable. So, you know, Friday, I'm trying to track the the iPads to see where they're at, and of course, she's turned them off, so we can't get a reading of where they're at. Well, then Saturday morning, when I wake up, I see this text message to my iPhone saying, your iPad's kicked on, and here's the locator. So, I took my phone, and I went up to the, the upshot. I don't own any guns or anything so i went up to upshot at the time vbs and i said does anyone have a baseball bat because i'm gonna go get my ipads back and you my buddy to swing by the sporting goods store no <laughs> have a whole rack i'm not gonna them. waste more money on this deal <laughs> no, no, no. i mean i would have been fine with a crowbar i just right. wanted something uh so my buddy russ hendricks that was a barista at the time who's now a cop in st st louis or st charles city I was like, I got a baseball bat in my car and i was like go get it because i'm gonna go to this address so then i followed the location and it took me to uh, like an area in Charlotte with this rental house. And on the way to the rental house, I'm calling uh, the Charlotte police and I'm saying, listen, I had someone steal property from my business. I'm going in to get it. I don't know if you guys want to be here or not because this could be bad for me or them. I don't know, but I'm going to go in with a baseball bat. Either I'm going to get shot or I might hit someone with a baseball bat. It's probably not going to be good. So if you guys want to come over here and just, you know, make sure that nothing goes too haywire. What'd they say? Now nah, we're they good? They said, uh, well, where's your business at? And I said, it's in St. Charles. I go, you got to have the Cottleville police come and do this. I said, okay, well, I'm going into a house in yours, and I'm going in the next 10 minutes. So it would be you guys that would have to be there. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. I was like, all right. Amazing. So good. Park good. outside this guy's house where the thing went off, and I could see his car there because it was her enabler boyfriend whatever he was i recognized the car from him picking her up from her shifts and dropping her off sometimes so i knew it was at the right house knock on the door he's inside he's you know it's a flop house there's flies flying everywhere you know there's kittens running everywhere it's like if you've ever watched intervention and you go nah, that doesn't happen no it happens yeah this wow. house in north county was unbelievable and he's just strung out of his mind he's nervous as can be he's telling me he doesn't have the ipads Come to find out that they're in the backyard, and as soon as he turned them on and realized they sent a location, he just sh- just shattered them. And he'd already shot all the money up his arm for the heroin. So I couldn't get my iPads back, and the money was gone. So, Did he eventually lead you to the remains of the iPads? No, but the, later on, the lady's parents, who were also trying to find her, had contacted mm-hmm. me, and I told them where she was at. And... Uh, they went over there and they found the shattered iPads and mm. the whole deal. And of course, didn't offer to make it right because you know why would you? 
So we got stuck with that bill. But anyway, then I told and she was, we'll cut that name out. Then I told, <laughs> we'll bleep that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and bleep that name. I told this young lady <laughs> to meet me back at, you know, VB's cause she was due to open the bar that day. And we talk about it, you know? So meanwhile, I've gone back out to, to VB's and I've got the Cottleville cops waiting at the bar for her to come to work so they can arrest her and it'll be a police matter now. So that's how it ended up was I took this baseball bat in. The guy was scared to death, wanted nothing to do with it, didn't get anything back. Um, and then got arrested, which will beep again. <laughs> and uh, so this lady got arrested and, uh, you know, never got anything back out of it. Now, wow, this was a month or two after I had met Connor. And I'm hearing these stories and I'm thinking, holy crap, this dude is amazing. I don't know. Like, I'm irrational at times is what I would say. I wouldn't say that's a great idea ever. Yeah, no, But once never. in a while, I do irrational things when I feel like there's a statement that needs to be made. Yeah. I'm not a guy that shows up with baseball bats. I don't get in fights. I'm not even an angry guy. Right. Um, but once in a while, when I feel like a line has been crossed, I might go too far the other direction. So my brother uh, works for Enterprise Rentals, and everyone that starts working at Enterprise has to work in a field office for six months before they can move to corporate. So he had been hired to be an accountant, but he had to work in this rental shop for six months. And what they don't tell you is that you know you work in the rental shop, you're cleaning the cars, you're doing all that stuff, mm. but they also you have to go repossess the cars. And so he's working out in Wentzville, and they have these trackers on these cars. And one night his boss calls him. It's like 11 p.m. And he said, we got to go. We got a car down off Lucas and Hunt. So they go down there. Oh, boy. And they're driving around. And they Where's Lucas and Hunt? Uh, it's sort of near. North where, County area. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not an area that, you know, if you're not from there, you really want to be just wandering around in For a sure. suit and tie. For sure. sure. And that's, they're literally, they have to wear yeah, a suit because they're, they're an enterprise employees. <laughs> they're like FBI agents rolling up. have to be clean shaven the whole nine. So they go down there, they see this car at a gas station and a similar thing. They call the police and they say, hey, uh, you know, we need to repossess this car. It's at this gas station. Can you come help? And they basically say, no, you're on your own, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> so, we don't care if people die on our watch. That's not what we're here for. Right. We're here to just stay at the office, take these calls, and tell you to deal with it yourself. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So they, they go try to get him. The guy obviously flees, and they're, now they're pursuing this guy in a you know rented midsize. And the guy, They've now engaged in a car chase. Correct. Okay. And... <laughs> You know, they're enterprise employees. They can't do anything. It's like, <laughs> we're from enterprise. Right. So the guy eventually. We're here to pick you up. Well, he eventually dumps the car and, and runs off and then they get in and it's fine. But um, it was just funny about how the police will just say, no, crazy, that's, that's not us. Yeah. It's like, okay, so is it going to be easier when I go into this crack house with a baseball bat, a dude shoots me and you got to bite a bat, a bunch of bad PR and yeah. a major mess to clean up instead of just driving the 0.5 miles from your police station to have a cop car out front with an officer with a gun yeah. that's saying, if people pull guns, we're at least here. Right. Don't but you have to get out of the makes, car. Just your presence yeah. will be helpful. I was like, here. you just might want to witness this because if I die, people are going to be pissed. Right, right. And that's going to be bad for you. Yeah, well, thankfully, it didn't come to that that day. No, luckily. Just had some flies, some kittens, and you know, got nothing back out of it. So yeah. it was fantastic. Good. It was like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Did a lot of work for nothing. Yeah. 
Come on. <laughs> but a good story. Good story. We've, we've created a lot of good stories at uh, Upshot over the years. Yeah. Yeah, for real. You have, so you were talking about getting healthy earlier, and I just want to encourage, you have gotten so healthy because, you know, when we first met, you were smoking probably three cigars a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, try to imagine you drinking this juice back then, oh this fermented uh, pineapple juice. Um, but seriously, man, you've like lost a ton of weight. You look great. You're obviously you're killing it business wise, but it just seems like your whole life is is really turned around. Yeah, I went through a period there where you know I started out smoking cigars with because our whole crew we all enjoyed smoking cigars. Yeah. It's kind of what we did. Right. And I'm not a drinker, so that was my way to hang out with dudes. And so I would smoke really good cigars and you know like everything else for me at least because i have an addictive personality it started out by you know smoking a really nice cigar with like three dudes on someone's porch once a week <coughs> and then you know right i needed to smoke more cigars and other dudes were going to be around and then by the time it's probably about five years in of smoking cigars it got to the point where i was like taking smoke breaks during my kid's soccer game right <laughs> because i didn't even just smoke a cigar like you should smoke it i inhaled it so right. like when i was sitting there with you guys smoking a churchill prensado i inhaled that entire thing yeah like that's where it went to for me it was yeah. like i was like i'm here for the nicotine and you're the kind of guy that goes hard in the paint i'm oh, assuming yeah. <laughs> you got a nice humidor oh i had aged i like i actually oh, gave you? it to freddie when he moved to colorado <laughs> but i had Beautiful yeah, aged cigars that were yep, that were uh, years old because me and Freddie would buy them kind of together, and then we had aging humidors, and we'd age them and smoke them one year, two years, whatever. Pour chocolate on them. Yep, but yep. that wasn't what I was smoking the last like six months. I was right. saving all those, and I was smoking like little cigarillos right. in my garage, sobbing softly at eleven p.m. <laughs> You know, while my wife is saying, please stop smoking at the kids' soccer games. I'm going, I need it. It's a hobby. Yeah. This is all I got left. Well, I knew I'm things. Doing research. I knew things had gotten gotten extreme when Freddie and you were talking about, oh, man, that's a great breakfast stick. And oh, I'm yeah. thinking, y'all, it's 8 a.m. <laughs> I'd smoke one on my way breakfast to Upshot. You know. <laughs> I really can take any hobby that a gentleman should enjoy, yeah, and I will absolutely ruin it within six months to a year. Sure, you take sure. a baseball bat to it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now one I'm of the same way. One of the great things of this cigar situation, though, was we got to meet Stephen Jackson. Oh yeah. And have a cigar with him one day, which was amazing. You probably That's did right. this more you than once. You were sitting right there because I met him up there to smoke that cigar, and you were sitting over there reading. What book were you reading? Because he took interest in your book. He's like, hey, buddy, what's your name? And I was like, that's yeah. my buddy Logan. And then you came over and we smoked a cigar with yeah. Stephen Jackson and you know his friend. It was amazing. And I, I forget what book I was what reading. What book was but it? Yeah, it, it was, was about the Bible. Right. It was probably like a C.S. Lewis or something. And, and he picked up on it. But I was in college. Uh, Stephen in, Jackson is? He was a running back for the Rams. Okay. Uh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, during that period of the Rams being the worst thing that ever was. He was like the one bright light. Yeah. So what, he was at Upshot, uh, VB. Yeah, he used to live in uh, Cottleville, and so he used to come up to Upshot all the time. Okay. And he was, he was a great dude. Like he would come in, and sometimes he'd just get coffee and smoke a cigar on the patio and, and talk to people. And you know, other times he'd come in at like eleven o'clock to the bar and buy the whole bar of shots and just have a good time. Oh, like cool. he was just a nice guy. Yeah, people enjoyed hanging out with him. Yeah. So he had just gotten traded to the Falcons, and I was in college in Atlanta, and I was back for the summer or something, and so this was his summer heading into that season where he was moving down there. And Connor invites me over. He's like, dude, you got to meet my buddy Logan. He lives down in Atlanta. So we, we start talking about Atlanta stuff and restaurants or whatever, and 
he opens up, you know, the cigar case and pulls out these nice, you know, Patrons for us. We're just having a great time sitting there talking. Well, it ends and he has to take his uh, wife or girlfriend or someone to, to the airport. And so they go get in the car and then he pops back out of the car. I remember this like it was yesterday. And he's like, yo, Logan, let me get your number. And I was like, yeah, of course. I'm cool, dude. You know, so I give him my number. He gets in the car, sends me a text that says Steven Jackson on it. So I think, all right, I'm going to play it cool. I'm not going to respond right away, you know, whatever. So I give it probably two, three days. I send him this long text, you know, hey, man, great, great hang I've in. I've got some investment opportunities for you. <laughs> you make sure you don't forget who I am. I was like, hey, you know, I'll be back down in ATL in a week. Would love to grab a dinner or something if, or a coffee or whatever. Send him this long thing. No response ever. <laughs> great guy, though. He's <laughs> well-intentioned, I'm sure. And dude, I kept that thread for the longest time because it just said Stephen Jackson, then it had this novel from this white dude from St. Charles, and then nothing. <laughs> Can we please be friends? P.S. I love you. <laughs> P.S.S. I'm starting a podcast. I think you should fund it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, dude, it was amazing. We had some good times up there. Yeah. It yeah. A blast. It's a cool place. Um, real quick, before we hop totally off this, this fermented thing, are there beet broths or whatever that are that are tasty absolutely we do a vegan broth that has 25 ingredients in it and it's a great soup stock for a vegan soup and has a ton of because to be fair this would not be a beginner's a beginner's glass you brought us i love fermented like i can drink pickle juice beet juice you know this is a kraut and pineapple juice i actually love the taste of Hmm. fermented things so I'm just lucky that I like it. A lot of people are really averse to that taste right off the bat. So that would not be something where I was like, hey, uh, you want to get healthy? Start by drinking this kraut juice. (laughs) I'd probably be like, hey, come try a sweet green and maybe try a bone broth. with." I think that's what I'm going to try next time I'm there. You know, then we'll slowly work you because it's like what I'm going through with my kids right now for the last, you know, the first 10 years of their life. It was all, you know, a lot of processed foods because that's what's easy. It's on the go. It's cheap, you know chicken fingers, all that stuff. And so when we got into this, I would give them a juice and they just would refuse to drink it. And so one of the things that I'm working on with my kids is just, you know, working them slowly from sweet juices down to juices that are, have less fruit in them and more vegetables. So there's a way to start and get this stuff in your system and start to adjust your palate. But like anything, if you're only used to eating sugar-based things, salt-based things, and fried things, which is, you know, the majority of American diet is like 90% processed foods. If that's what your palate is used to, then drinking something like this or even, you know, a kale and dandelion juice is going to blow your mind because that's not what your palate is tuned to enjoy. Mm. So I would say, you know, start with something that's like a sweet green juice that's pineapple and spinach and it's it's really friendly and then kind of work your way down and just slowly adjust your palate to appreciate real flavors versus, you know, engineered flavors. So you were judging me when I tried this. You were like, oh, okay, I know what this guy eats. Cause if I would have drank that and said, oh, man, that's I already amazing. knew what you ate, dude. That's why I knew it'd be hilarious to <laughs> give you this. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, it is interesting. Like when you are committed to eating healthy, how alive flavors become, because I remember Mary and I, you know, we did, kind of this keto thing for six weeks or whatever. And toward the end of that journey, I ate a strawberry and I was like, my God, 
that thing is amazing. Oh, you yeah. know. But yeah, I eat a strawberry now. I'm like, what is this whack piece of fruit? That... <laughs> you don't even appreciate a strawberry now? Kind of. I mean, I don't know. Oh, Logan, yeah, we got so much bit. work to do. I know. That should be one of the friendliest fruits that anyone can eat. It's not that I don't enjoy it, but it doesn't blow my mind like the sugary. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not. I just there's so what are you much eating? sugar. What are you eating? Let's not talk about me, Joe. What are you eating? <laughs> well, I'll eat strawberries if they have chocolate all over them. Matter of fact, every time I go see somebody in the hospital that's just had a baby, I normally swing by one of your places and pick up a dozen. Well, I pick up eighteen strawberries and I keep six of them, but I take a dozen. My man. Wow. And I give what it to Mama because everybody's bringing stuff for the baby. Nobody brings stuff to Mama, so I always it's bring a them great to idea. you. Yeah. Well, I actually got it from Bruce, buddy, mutual friend named Bruce, who when Michelle Williams had Scout. We went to see her, and he took her a box of chocolate-covered blackberries because they were Ugh. in season, and they were amazing. And I was like, this is the best idea ever, so I do that every time. Bruce had a lot of good ideas. He did. And he He's was an idea man. one that brought a lot of people to us early on. Mm-hmm. I, I love that whole family. Yeah, in fact, idea man. two of them worked for us. Connor and Taylor both worked for us, mm-hmm. and their daughter-in-law, Carly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just amazing. But yeah, so last night I had two dark chocolate-covered strawberries for dessert. It was mm. fantastic. Are these leftover from Valentine's Day? Yeah, I'm still eating the leftovers. Well, if you need help, I I, I do need help. Know. I I will give them to you because they're kind of like turning whiny now. So they're like <laughs> that's when I like them when they start to ferment. Dude, I love it like that. They're like <laughs> bubbly and kind of tangy, and they're it's like drinking like a champagne. There yeah, you it's go. Fantastic. Hmm. Sort of varsity level chocolate covered strawberry right there for sure. So what do we got to do to get you guys to start drinking uh, fermented juice? I mean, I got nothing. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> Jennifer used to always eat pickles when we'd go to the movie theater, and I couldn't hardly stand to sit next to her because it, it was vinegar? so overwhelming. You don't like the smell or taste of vinegar? So I started buying, I started just at some point taking a bite of her pickle so that I wouldn't be overwhelmed by it. And eventually it got to the point where I started buying pickles because I started liking them. So there's a pickle-ishness oh, yeah. to this, what did you call it, kraut juice? Yeah. I feel like that's a derogatory term it's for Germans via you know and it, around that's World the War runoff II. juice. So like when we make that, we dice a bunch of in this case res, red cabbage and fresh pineapple. It probably is not salt. You let it sit at room temperature. All of that juice comes out of the the red cabbage and the pineapple as it ferments and let it, it begin breaks to, down to rot. Yeah, as it as it breaks down, <clears> all of that comes out, and then you let it sit like that for you know a couple of weeks, and when you pull that sauerkraut, <laughs> a couple of weeks, yeah. It probably yeah. doesn't help that I don't At really like town? cabbage. Well, you, you know, you don't like a lot of things you should like, which is what that's we're going to work on. That's not true. <laughs> what do you like? What do I not like? That juice. I don't like cabbage. It's not my favorite. <laughs> but give me something else that you just know that I don't like. Beet juice? Uh, I don't mind beet juice. Really? Yeah. I'll have to bring you that next time then. Well, I don't know if I'll like your beet juice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll see what you do to it. <laughs> which is amazing because back to where we kind of started this, like... I have actually been able to be there whenever you've been trying stuff and you'll bring things that test out and they're always just super scrumptious. So you 100% sniped me based off of years of friendship when you walked in with this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Which, you know, we had a lot better ones back in the day at, at BB's. We had all kinds of good pranks we would pull with, with chocolates because you can hide a lot of things inside a truffle. Yeah, we talked about that. Roaches and whatnot. No, this, that, this was... One actually, I saw Johnny Pimplot yesterday for the yeah, first time in yeah, forever. Yeah. He was out there at Upshot meeting with someone, and uh, he was one of my favorite people because he's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. And so one day, you know, we were I was piping truffles downstairs or something like that, and, and Freddie was like, "Hey, man, Johnny's upstairs. We're gonna have a meeting. So, like, 
do something crazy with one of these truffles and we'll have them taste it and we'll just mess with them. And so I literally took like a hollow truffle shell and I piped mayonnaise into it. Uh, and then I enrobed the wow. whole thing in dark chocolate to cover all that up so it looked like a dark chocolate truffle. He loved it, didn't he? And then I sprinkled lime salt <laughs> on the top. <laughs> and I and I took it up to Johnny and Johnny's a really nice guy and kind of the, the reason that ever works is because people don't want to insult the chef so you can give them something that's horrendous hmm. and generally they'll finish it and tell you it's good because they don't want to hurt your feelings right, right. so it works to our advantage so right. we would you know we gave them this and i was like oh that's a uh it's a dark chocolate uh vanilla buttercream with a little bit of lime you know that's how i worded it so he bites into it he's like it's like oh yeah yeah that's uh that's that's pretty good, pretty good. And meanwhile, <laughs> I look over and Freddie ruins it. He just starts like he falls out of his chair laughing. He ruins the whole deal, and then we have to explain to Johnny Boy Davis, dude, I hate mayonnaise. I hate mayonnaise so much. He goes, it was everything I could do to put that, keep that in my mouth. You're lucky. What if he'd have been allergic to eggs? Well, then he would have died. You know, sure. Uh, that's it just would, part of the. Would have been an even that, better story, honestly. Sure, it would have like, made a really funny died. story. It was, uh, it was, it was sad, but at the same time, we have a story now. It was a great prank. Johnny yeah. used right. to work at Starbucks with Jordan Alsobrook. Oh yeah, and Johnny would always do this thing to Jordan, where Jordan was working the drive-through window. And Johnny would bring him something ridiculous and act as if that was part of the order that he was supposed to give people. <laughs> and so, so it's just like a half-peeled banana or something. And he's like, here, this is how they asked for it. And so Jordan's like, hands it to him. And the people <laughs> what is this? Well, it sounds like uh, that came back around to get him, unbeknownst to you. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh my God, that is great! Can you imagine being in the Starbucks drive and uh, some dude hands you a half-peeled banana with your order, and you're like, "Am I being punked?" Yeah, or? here's your blonde roast. Here's this. Here's the banana minus one bite. Just the tops bitten off. How you asked for it? This is all we had left. However, we had started to eat it, so. But to make this order right, we're going to give you 30% off for the 30% that you can see the teeth marks in. We already refunded you. You'll see that on If you wouldn't table. mind going to uh, Yelp and giving us a five-star rating, <laughs> because we went out of our way to make sure you got your half-eaten banana. That'd That's be great. That's amazing. Uh, well, Connor, uh, we need to send people your way. We'll keep doing that. Yeah. But Upshot, your, office, your business hours now are different. What Seven to five Monday through Friday, eight to five Saturday, ten to four Sunday. Um, coffee. We have a full breakfast menu. You can get all of your cold pressed juices and bone broths during those time periods. And we we've got a distributor that's distributed all around St. Louis, so you can find us in uh, a lot of places over there now, and that's growing. So, so is Beats and Bones a separate entity? Yeah, it's a separate entity with me and my partner Nick Zodos, and it's sold through Upshot right now. But it is it's own complete thing and i think we'll eventually have beats and bones cafes that are their own thing too so we're working on a lot of stuff i'm right looking now. forward to being a manager of one one day it's Done. awesome sold yeah. you better get used to some of that kraut before you manage one of those places for <laughs> real that's all we've got <laughs> all right gentlemen been real much love <laughs>